Welcome, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for making it here an hour early. Glad that you've made it. How many of you guys, you know, you like the spring forward thing? Anyone? Me either, so. You know, um, growth track is happening today, so I just want to throw that out. For any of you that are interested in taking next steps in your relationship with God or your relationship with this church, uh, right after church today, it's just one hour class, not even an hour, I don't think, maybe, I don't know. Um, uh, it's a great place to start to get connected uh, with God and with this, this church. We are one body with many, many parts. Oh, I almost dropped my phone. So um, you can do that right after service. It's going to be right over here on your right, my left. So I want uh, uh, to, I get to speak on this. Fav- this is my favorite topic. Share God, right? As a more of an evangelist, I love even, you know, you shared a couple, as I've shared a couple of my messages over the last couple of weeks about how even when I was a young kid, I, could, I had to make sure people knew about Jesus and they had the opportunity to get to heaven. And so um, something happened earlier this week where somebody else was supposed to preach today and I was like, I'll do it, I'll do it because I love to speak about sharing God. And I, have, I could speak, I told my wife, Numerous times in the last three weeks, I could speak on this topic every single week, all year. And um, it's just just something about it, right? And so uh, here we go again about share God, right? And this is one of our three purposes as a church, right? Right, experience God, know God, share God. So this is the share God part that uh, I'm gonna share this week. And then next week, Pastor Bethany is gonna bring it home. Uh, That'll be the last of the series as we get into Easter time. So uh, when I was a young kid, probably fifth grade maybe, uh, my parents liked to camp a lot. And sometimes we'd go to Southwick or Westcott, right, is it Westcott, Westcott? Up on, 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 um, on Lake Ontario, and just like an hour from here. And one time we were visiting some friends there that were camping, because we lived in Adams Center at the time, so like up there too. And so we were just visiting, I was, you know, maybe fourth, fifth grade, and I was skinny, those are good days. And, and uh, I remember my dad was there, my mom and my sister. I don't know if Missy remembers this story. This is, so my dad, we had to go to the bathroom, but you know, you had to go to these bathrooms, you know, like at campgrounds, you know, they have bathrooms that are like not near your, you had to go to them, right? You guys with me, right? All right, just make sure you're here. All right, so, um, I had to go to the bathroom or something, and my dad's like, okay, I'll go with you. And I was like, you want to race? But it was dark. It was dark outside, and um, he's like, yeah, I'll race. And my dad, you know, at the time, he was probably in his 40s, and so young 40s, maybe. And so we're going across, there's just a field, you know, maybe three, 400 yards, maybe not quite that far from the campground to the bathrooms. And we are, I'm running as fast as I possibly could. Uh, along this empty field. At least I thought it was empty. So we're running as fast as we can, the two of us. I'm running as fast as I can. I don't know how fast he's running. But I'm running as fast as I can. And all of a sudden, my dad's next to me, and we're running, we're running, probably, you know, just trying to make it to these bathrooms and racing. But I'm very competitive, so I'm running as fast as I can. And my dad, uh, he's next to me, and we're running, running, and he's next to me, and we're And then all of a sudden, my dad's not next to me anymore. And all I heard is this, oh! And so I look back, and my dad's on the ground. Like, I've never seen my dad in pain very much. 
and I've never seen him writhing in this much pain, just, oh, and he's holding his knee. He hit one of those posts that, you know, hold the electrical supplies uh, for the campgrounds, you know, those, those uh, four by fours. And um, I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's funny now. And uh, he's running as fast as he can, and he just comes upon it and doesn't see it and hits it with his knee, and he's on the ground. And so now I'm like, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. Come on, stop. For the... No, I didn't. I just, I went back, got my, you know, they had to do this thing. And, I, you know, and my dad, like, you know, he's running in the dark as fast as he can, and he hits this post. You know, a lot of things happen that we can't see in the dark. The dark is a dangerous place sometimes. Is anybody here afraid of the dark? You don't have to raise your hands, but I already know some people in this place. Right? How many of you guys have night lights? You don't have to, this is just rhetorical. You don't have to raise your hands. Right? You have night lights, you have different things. We don't, how many of you can't answer this one though? This is not rhetorical. How many have in the middle of the night gotten up to go to the bathroom, you didn't have the lights on, and you stubbed your toe, you ran into a wall, or something like that? Right? Everybody can relate, right? Like, Ooh! Right? It's like, ah, why does it hurt so bad when you stub your toe? It's like, wow, why, I didn't know how much pain lived in that little toe. It's like, you know, and so you, things happen in the dark and, you know, because we can't see in the dark. The dark's confusing sometimes. There's things in the dark we don't even realize that are there, like in my dad's case. You know, you think everything's fine in the dark, but really what you don't realize is that there's these obstacles in the way that you didn't even know were going to happen to you and take you out. Like my dad was like literally just taken out. My dad was a big guy, like... You know, he's, he's a big guy, and he, that thing took him out. And there's things that happen in the dark in our own lives that can take us out. When, we're, when we are uh, staying in the dark places in our life, and when we go to dark places in this world, and we allow dark things into our heart or into our minds, we think, oh, it's okay, we're just on our way through this journey to this place we have to get to, but we don't realize all the obstacles that come into our mind or into our hearts because we're flirting around and playing in the dark. How many of us have gotten into trouble because we were hanging around with people that love the darkness? You've developed friends and relationships, especially maybe when you were younger, that you didn't realize that some of these people probably weren't the best friends that you should have, and they're fooling around with different things in the dark, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're starting to mess with things that are not good for your heart or for your life, period. The darkness is a place of confusion, a place of even, the Bible talks about turmoil, hurt and pain and we can be afraid of the dark and we can uh, live in the dark if we want to but I want to talk to you today about what God wants us to do with darkness can I just give you some scriptures come on so four years ago when before I took over as the lead pastor of this church People had said, oh, Rich, you should be the next pastor. I've been prophesied over, you know. <laughs> it's a long story. But um, when it came time, the elders had asked me to consider it, finally. <laughs> and I, but I needed to hear from God. God, do you want me? You know, it seems like a good idea. I've had the experience. I've been a youth pastor for a long, long time. And I've been in a church for, you know, 
I've been an executive pastor. And so I was like, but does that mean that I should be? You know, do you really want me? And so I wanted to hear from God myself. And so in that week, I had to decide, and I had a couple of dreams that God, I believe, you know, God speaks to us in all different kind of ways. Number one, he speaks to us through his word, the Bible. The Bible talks about other ways that he speaks to us, through a still small voice, through prophecy, through dreams and visions. And with me, even since I was a little kid, I would have sometimes dreams and visions that I believe are from God. And so this time, I had a dream, and I was in this, um, <laughs> this uh, have you ever seen the movie Gladiator? You know, you know the part where, like, Russell Crowe's, like, in the staging area, like, before he goes into the Coliseum? And that's where the lions and tigers and other gladiators and other things that he has to fight are staged, and there's, like, cells for them so they don't eat each other there. And, like, they're getting ready, you know, to go out into the Coliseum to fight. I was in a place, like, just like that, but there wasn't animals and tigers and stuff. There's other people that I knew. Like, my dad was there, and uh, Pastor Paul, who founded this church, was there, and other elders that were here a long time ago, like, even as far back as like the Stintianos and the Derenbachers and just different people that had poured into my life and other people, my pastor in Louisiana was there and my parents, my mom was there too. And all these people were in this staging area and the door, and I know they were trying to get me ready for something and I didn't know what I, they were trying to get me ready for in this dream and there's these big doors and I knew it led to like what seemed to be the Coliseum and I was gonna go out these doors and fight. And so I knew I heard this, this, I had this sense, I heard this voice that said, when these doors open, it means it's your turn. And all of a sudden, these big doors open and I walked out. But it wasn't, I wasn't, when I walked out, I wasn't in the Coliseum. I was on top of this big, huge mountain. And this mountain, all these people were in it and all these people had built this mountain. And this mountain was now representing the church. And it was these people that had founded this specific church all these people had made and, and toiled and sweat and prayed and gave and did all these things. And now I was on top of this, this, this mountain, this church, and it overlooked all of Syracuse. And I could feel how God felt about this mountain. He loved this mountain. And by the way, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, the church is is weak or the church has these problems and these issues and, and it does, by the way. Uh, but God didn't see it that way. He saw this church as powerful and strong. And so I get out of these doors and I walk out and here I am on top of this mountain and I'm like, and all I, I faced, when I, I all of a sudden got this, um, just, I walked out and it's just darkness. It was dark and I felt like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> like, I, I just had these feelings of like this darkness, like this darkness was like penetrating. And it was like, and I, I remember feeling, man, I feel like useless or even somewhat like naked against this. And I could see oversee all the Syracuse and there's not, it was so dark, but I could see a couple of lights here and there, but not a lot. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And all of a sudden I was reminded that I had this sword and this, actually, this sword is actually not the sword of my dream, but um, <laughs> this sword is from my, one of my best friends, Chris Hopper, who married my wife and I right here on the stage. And he gave me this sword. So I'm just going to use it as a... So he gave me this sword as, I think we're like blood brothers or something. I don't... Sword brothers or something. We didn't cut each other or nothing. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so he gave me this sword. And so anyway, in the dream, I, I, I was like standing out on top of this mountain and and I just remembered that I had this sword. 
And so all of a sudden I just held up the sword, kind of like this, you know, like you see in the movies. <laughs> now it's getting to really be in a dream, right? So you're like, I'm holding this sword up, it's, you know, high, and all of a sudden this thing starts shining, just bright. And as this thing started shining bright, other lights around Syracuse started coming on. And all of a sudden, these lights started to penetrate or pierce through the darkness. And God was showing me that the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. And so what God was saying is, you have this weapon called the Word of God, and this is what I want you to do on Sunday mornings. Shine this light. Open this word. Read this word. This word penetrates into dark places, not just in our society as it does, but also into our hearts that sometimes allow darkness in them. And when this light is shown, it comes and it separates, it pierces our hearts and it separates darkness and light, lies and truth. And it cuts like a sword, like a double-edged sword, the Bible says, and it comes and it, it divides truth and lies. Isn't that amazing? And so God is just saying, Rich, this is, you know, I didn't have any power in myself against the darkness. He said, but you have this sword. You have this word of God, which is powerful. Sharp, and it says it again, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating. And so I just held this up. You know, there's just something about fights and battles and you know that gets they make so many movies of them you know my um one of my kids had the mma fights on a couple weeks ago and there's just something about that you know let's just knock each other out maybe some of you guys aren't into that but they just the the guys love it right it's like my wife loves it she's like i love this (laughs) so anyway you know just something about that fight and so um Jesus is talking now on this scene, and I want to share the scripture. I said I'm going to get the, the scripture. Here we are, Matthew chapter five, and Jesus comes on the scene, and he has just spoken to a whole bunch of people on the Sermon on the Mount. Everybody, you know, heard, heard about that—the Beatitudes. If you do this, then this will happen. He's giving us all these great promises, and then at the end of it, he says to them collectively, "This scripture." He says, "You are the lights of the world." A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. God has given us this opportunity. You can hold on to that verse. We'll get there in a sec. God has given us this opportunity to shine. And a lot of us, when we hear that, we think, oh, yeah, I just need to shine. And look, you know, last week we, t- we sang the song, This Little Light of Mine, or the choir in the back did. And we talked about this, you know, how we, but it's not just, Jesus isn't just talking to about us as individuals. He's talking about when we come together as a whole community, as a group, as a church, when we come together, our light is a lot brighter. And our light starts to shine really big to this whole community and to the people in this, these surrounding areas. And so he's saying, hey, you're not supposed to just hide and, and, and push away this bright light that you have within you, which is Jesus, you're supposed to let it shine and put it up on the stand. And so today I wanna encourage you to stop hiding in the dark and pierce it instead. Stop hiding in the dark, instead pierce it. You have this bright light of Jesus Christ that has been revealed to you. 
that has been given to you. And Jesus is uh, on this on this mount, and he's preaching this, and he's saying if we would come together and we would allow this light to shine through us, um, you would be bright. Do you know, um, there's something interesting, you know, my, I have a flashlight, right, like everybody. Here's my, here's my flashlight, right, this light. You know, um, I can't really even see it right now. Like, I, maybe you can see this because it's a little obnoxious if everybody would just do this, if I did this all the time. But it's really not that bright. Like, it doesn't help my, I can't even, until I get this, I, I, because I have these bright lights on me, this light doesn't even have much of a purpose, does it right here? Do you know when the light is all together, when we're out in the sunlight, this is useless, this light. Likewise, if this light is just hidden in the dark and I can't find it, it doesn't have any purpose. But light shines bright, where? In the darkness. I believe as a church, as individuals, we weren't meant to hide in the darkness, nor were we supposed to shine just in the sunlight, just in to each other in the church but we were meant to shine in dark places. That we were supposed to penetrate dark places and people that walk in darkness and societies that are having a hard time stumbling around in darkness, right? And and Isaiah talks about how the world is in great darkness and how people are stumbling around in this great darkness, but the light has come, the light being Jesus. And that, that same spirit that lives in us, Jesus lives in us, and we are supposed to shine. We are now the light of the world, Jesus is saying, and we are supposed to shine, not hide. So shine. Don't hide from the darkness, shine in it. In John 1, 5, this is a great scripture, the prologue of John. John is introducing what's going on. He's like introducing Jesus and what's gonna go on in the world and in the middle of it, he says the light shines in the darkness in John chapter one, verse five. He says, you could put that scripture up. In John one, five, it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I just, I just gotta, all right, we're talking about something here, right? Has anybody walked around in the darkness? everybody's hands should be up because all of us have been in the darkness. We live in the darkness at times. We walk in the darkness. We live in a society that's dark. Uh, We have issues in our own lives that are dark. We hide things from God. We hide things from other people. We lie about it. We, We do things that are right. These are dark. This is what I'm talking about with darkness. And the light, the Bible says, the light has come into the world, and the darkness would try to extinguish it, try to put it out, try to hide it, try to uh, just make it so it can't do anything. And and that's what, there's this war going on in the darkness, trying trying to hide this light. And the Bible says that this light came into the world. Jesus came into this world, and the darkness could not overcome it. And this darkness is still in the world, and the Light is still not being able to be overcome by the darkness. The darkness still cannot overcome the light. 
but that light now shines in God's people, in God's church. It shines in you, and it shines in me, and the darkness is coming against it, and the Bible says, but the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. This should make you excited. Darkness is trying to overcome you. You feel it. The temptations of sin, the, the, the things in society, the pressures, they're trying to overcome, they're constantly trying to be pushed upon us. We're being indoctrinated all the time. I read a, um, uh, Walter Brueggemann's book this week, and he's talking about how, that he's talking about uh, the prophets, and he's talking about in that time the kings were so inundated with their philosophies and society that they aren't even able to see outside of them. In all of the world at that time, all of Israel, God's people, were so wrapped up in sin and and in the society of their uh, spoiledness that they couldn't even see outside of it. Even if a prophet would come and say, but God has better things for you. You're not supposed to live this way. You're supposed to live this. They couldn't even comprehend it because they're so caught up in their brainwashed minds and were being overcome by darkness, overcome by darkness. And here we are in 2023, and darkness comes to overtake us. Darkness comes to squelch what God would wanna do in your life and in this church. But the Bible says, Light has come into the world, and the darkness cannot, has not, will not overcome it. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, shines. And so my urging to you, to this church, let's stop hiding in the dark. Let's shine. Let's pierce through the darkness. There are people that are caught up in the darkness, that are stumbling, that are falling, that don't even realize it, and they have, if, what happens when light shines in the darkness? Do you know when my dad and I were running across that field, if we had, like, we didn't have iPhones back then, but if we'd had this, my dad's knee would probably be in better shape. Or if we just brought a flashlight. They did have those back then. <laughs> that would have worked too. <laughs> but when we shine the light of God's word and allow the light of God's love and God to sh- penetrate into the darkness, it reveals things that are in the darkness. It reveals things that are in our hearts. It reveals, it exposes, the light shines and it exposes the lies. It exposes things that we don't even realize that we're in this field. In this field being in our society, are in our hearts, are in our minds. And when we allow God to shine in us, we start to see, oh, I didn't realize that that was in my life. I probably should watch out for that post Or maybe we should get that post out of here. Or maybe we shouldn't run near this post. Is anybody with me? The light shines in the darkness. The light, the call is for Christians to shine 
in this world. In Philippians 2.14, it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. I think I have the scripture, 14 and 15. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then, no, we don't have it. Then it says this, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Do everything without complaining or arguing. You know, it's really hard to shine when you're complaining all the time, right? Nobody wants to be around you when you're complaining all the time. It's not very bright. Nobody likes it. Yeah, I get that your steak wasn't cooked right, but, you know, <laughs> you're gonna live. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be all right. Hey, I get it that it's, you know, whatever, whatever you're complaining about. But it says, it's hard to really shine when you're complaining and arguing, right? So it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. You could say dark generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. God is calling us to be light in dark places. To shine bright in dark places. How can we do this? We know the world needs this light. You and I needed this light. We were once, the Bible says that we weren't just in darkness. The Bible says that we were once darkness. We didn't just walk around in the darkness. We were the darkness. For you were once darkness, but now, this is the scripture, you are children of the light. Walk in the light. Find out what pleases the Lord, the Bible says. You're no longer darkness. You don't have to hide in the darkness anymore. Instead, you can be a light that shines and allows others to see like stars in the sky. Wow. There's a lot of ways that we can share Jesus with other people. One of those ways is just living for God and loving people, loving people, being care caring and, and, and all those things. Another is um, we have these, if you walked in, you saw that new poster board that says share Jesus and there's little cards and in there there's a QR code that will bring them to our three, Reach 315 website and it shares the gospel with them. You can give them one of those. Uh, you can pray for people. What? You can ask Jesus to change their hearts and take blinders off, off of them. And I wanna just share, just real quick, on this whiteboard. I'll make this darker so you can see it in the back. This is a heart. Why is people laughing at my heart? Oh, it's crooked. Well, hearts are not symmetrical, you know. Real hearts. <laughs> that is really bad, sorry. Um, this is a real person's heart, right? Because they're not, hey, we got some doctors in here. I'm right, they're not perfectly symmetrical. <laughs> um, so let's just say this, this heart, this is a heart of a person that does not, that's always walked in the darkness, has never even seen the light, has never had one sin forgiven, doesn't even know really what sin is even though they're walking in it. 
right? And let's call, let's give this person a name. Let's, let's call him Bob. He's got a cricket heart. All right? And somebody, Bob's grandmother um, one time took him to Sunday school and he was exposed to the light for the very first time. And we're going to call this a heart dot, all right? And so the, he went with his grandmother and that, can you guys see that dot? He was exposed to the gospel for the first time. And then his grandmother told him, hey, Bob, I'm praying for you. And he got another hot, heart dot. And then later on in life, um, Bob went to school and there's this friend there that he met and he told him about Jesus and how Jesus, he shared his testimony with Bob. And Bob heard again about Jesus and he got another heart dot. And then um, later on in life, you know, in college, he stumbled upon accidentally, he was wasted or something and he stumbled into this Christian club thing and they prayed for him. And so he had another heart dot, but he really didn't like it but he still got this heart dot. And then, um, you know, later on life, whatever, all, this, all of a sudden, all through this guy's life, he's being exposed to these little dots of light. Different people praying for him, different uh, um, friends, different people, different things. And at some point, now Bob's starting to put the dots all together. And in his mind, these things are starting to oh, maybe if this person, this person, this person, this person, all share this with me. And then all of a sudden he stumbled on a Bible or something or whatever, it doesn't matter, right? It, the point is this. When, sh when stars shine, dots form in people's hearts. And nobody knows how many dots it will take for Bob to receive Jesus in his life. It could have been the first dot or it could take thousands of dots. Bob could have a really hard heart, right? And it's just, you know, I could scribble on it. And the hearts, the dots are really hard to, you know, whatever. But the point is this. We are supposed to be like stars in the sky, shining, allowing Jesus' love, Jesus' grace, his testimony, uh, his love. Hey, guys, hey, Bob, uh, I want to invite you to come to Easter service because you're gonna hear about the greatest story ever told. That Jesus has life for you. Jesus, da, 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 da. And so I just wanted to share that with you because I just think it's a, uh, I saw this a long time ago. It's out of a book. Um, and just explaining that every, sometimes we think, well, it doesn't matter what I do because it doesn't happen. I, I talk to somebody about Jesus and nothing happens. I pray for somebody and nothing happens. And I, I told them about Jesus until, but I, nothing happens. Just keep sowing seeds. The Bible says some plant, some water, but Jesus is the one that makes it grow, right? So we're planters, we're waterers, but Jesus is the one that will bring them. So keep planting, keep sowing, keep watering, keep shining, keep piercing the dark. I'm gonna close with a quote and then the worship team's gonna come. <laughs> this is how I'm gonna close off. Bethy's preaching about this, share Jesus on one of my favorite scriptures next week and I'm so excited. I, I actually asked her, she had a different scripture. I said, Bethany, would you please 
preach this one instead. It's one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm really excited about how she's going to break it down. But so the last, so she's going to end it next week, but I'm going to end my part of it with this quote. And it's from Charles Spurgeon, who, if you don't know who Charles Spurgeon is, he's one of the great all-time preachers back in the day, back a couple hundred years ago. And he has this quote that I've known since I was a young teenager that stays with me all the time. Just like the scripture Bethany's gonna be preaching next week. He says, if sinners, can you guys pull it up? Do we have it on the screens? No? Okay, that means I'm gonna have to say it three times. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. I'm gonna quote it again. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. We are the light of the world. Do not hide. People need what you have. Syracuse needs Believer's Chapel to shine. God, I just pray over this church, over these people, over me. God, we want to shine. We don't want to hide in the dark. We don't want to walk in the dark. God, I'm sorry for the times that we have. When we haven't taken your word seriously, we haven't taken this, this uh, responsibility serious. God, I pray that you would capture our hearts even today. God, that we would take your word to heart. God, that we would take eternity to heart, the eternity of others. God, that we would not be the ones that cower and hide in the dark, but that we would be the ones that shine bright on a hill. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you're here today and this is a heart dot in your life or, and you've heard of Jesus before or maybe not, maybe this is the first time, but I wanna let you know that God loves us so much that he created us. He created us from the very beginning to have a relationship with him. And because of the things that we have done wrong, they separate us from him. But in his love for us, Jesus came to, be, to, to make a covenant with us, to forgive us so that we could be made right with him, with God, to have that relationship with him again and no longer be separated. So if you're here today with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here today and that's you, you say, you know what, I need to have this relationship with Jesus. I need to ask him to make things right in me. Would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? I see your hands. Anybody else? I need to make things right with God before I leave this place. I see your hands. 
Come on, I want everybody in this room to say this with me. If you're online, you can say it in your heart. You can say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for going my own way, for doing my own things, for walking in the darkness. I believe that you died on the cross to forgive me and to make me right so that I can have this relationship with you again. I receive it. Now help me to know you better and better for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that just did that in this place. You know, if you, I want to really encourage you, if you said that prayer for the first time or you're coming back to Jesus, or please let us know. You can text us at 315-444-2100. We'd love to hear from you and help you in your next steps with your relationship with God. He has great, he wants a relationship with you and you can have that. And so please let us know. Come on, let's stand on our feet. We're gonna worship Jesus one more time before we close.